Welcome to the Manager Matt podcast show. The show is designed to give you solutions to your day-to-day management and leadership problems. It's hosted by Matthew Haddock, a frontline manager and leader with over 25 years of experience. If you're ready, then let's get on with the show. Hi, and welcome to the Manager Matt podcast show. This show is designed to give you actionable and practical help and advice which will improve your management skills and get you the best results you can. Make sure, if you haven't already, take time to subscribe to the show so you'll never miss an episode and share it with anyone you think might enjoy the show. Now, without any more delay, let's get on with this week's show. So why are we losing people at work? Now, I'm not meaning that they're going to work, getting lost in the corridors, not finding their office. No, what I'm talking around is why, at the minute, are we not being able to retain the staff? It's one of the biggest challenges that leaders will face. And it's a really big problem in companies, especially in the UK and Ireland, are facing into at this present time. You know, when you have a good team around you, which are driving and giving you some direction, it's the best feeling. You know, you know that your team's working well, you've given them what the the, the task you need them to do, you've set some direction and they're getting on with it and it's firing and it's a great feeling. But on the reverse, if you have one of those team members who comes and hands in the notice, they're moving on. It's like a kick in the teeth sometimes, especially when you've been nurturing and developing a team for a while. But why are we losing people so much these days? What is going on? You know, why are they leaving the business? And you suppose you can flip it round and think, in the past, why have you moved on in your career? Why are you not doing the same jobs? There are some general points that you can look at when it comes to retaining your team. Some areas which we know are more about the feel of a place. Some people just think it doesn't feel right and they move on, and that's fine. They don't normally last long in your business, it doesn't fit. But there are some real practical reasons that people have been there a while, maybe in between them sort of long stayers, but have got good service in who are deciding to move on at the moment. You know, all things involved, people need to understand what turns them on and what turns them off at work. What are the challenges and what is the balance between having enough stress, uh, a right kind of stress on your people and having the balance. So let's go through through a few points to see what I think uh, is really affecting current uh, trends with people leaving work and moving on. Well, let's start with the big one. The big question everyone talks around is compensation. So the pay you get, the bonuses, pension, medical allowance, car allowance maybe, maybe even shares. You know, what compensation do we give people? And what is that driving? There's lots and lots of competition out there in the market. There's obviously uh, lots of competition from what would not be seen as competition in the past. You know, you're thinking of your your, your supermarkets are paying a really good wage. You know, there's, there's even sort of talk that some of the uh, lower skilled or what was considered lower skilled, uh, you can't get people to do them. Therefore, the, the money is being driven up on those people. Emptying bins is becoming quite a well-paid job, which was, you know, in the past would have been considered a lower-paid job. So the big thing around compensation, are we paying the right rate for the job? Is it keeping up with the benchmarks in your industry, something that you need to be on top of as a manager and be checking with your HR professionals? Are we in the right ballpark? Do we need to move it? Obviously, moving compensation makes such a big difference to your profit. It's simple. You're going to pay more for your staff. You're going to get less profit for your for unit and your business but on the reverse if you lose your staff 
you're not going to deliver what the customer needs anyway. So there's always this balance around the right pay. And of course, pay covers all those other things I've mentioned. You know, we're going into a situation, especially in the UK, where people are living longer, there is medical issues, the NHS unfortunately is under a lot of pressure. So things like private medical insurance, although you do pay through the British tax system, might be something that's worth looking at lower down the scales. And a lot of the talk is about hourly people. So when I say hourly paid people... It's obviously the guys who are on the tools a lot or on the shop floor or doing those work. Their pay is obviously advancing, which means it closes the gap between your traditional staff um, levels, which would go, have got those extra things like bonuses and cars and pensions, larger pensions. So we need to see if that gap closes too much. You're not going to get talent wanting to be promoted from the shop floor into team leaders or into leadership positions because it won't be worth them. And at the end of the day, we all turn up for money. Whatever you think, it gets you through the door, it gets you out the bed. What you do when you're there is different, but you know, that unless you're working for a charity, which you may be, you actually turn up to get a wage to pay the bills, uh, to keep your family and yourself. So there's something to be looking about. It's still there. It's maybe it's considered not the massive driver, but at the minute people can move pretty easy for three, four pound and even not more per hour. That can be a big draw for people who have not got a lot of service or even people in that middle ground that I mentioned earlier. Second point, conditions at work. You know, lots of the jobs uh, have become less physical over time. We know people don't do physical work as they used to do. You know, there was times where people were, you know, let's think of the mines, people working down the mines, physical lifting. A lot of the physical stuff has gone out, but the place that you work makes such a difference. Is it too hot? Is it too cold? In food production that I'm working in, obviously it's going to be cold and hot in certain areas because you're cooking and chilling and cooling. So that can make a difference. Is it dirty? Is it a clean job? Again, all these things add up to people. And other things, where's the office? Is the location even nice? A lot of time we sort of think of the big hubs like Manchester and Leeds can attract a lot more, especially because it's seen as an up-and-coming place. So graduates will want to go to those big places. In Ireland, it's Dublin. People want to go to Dublin because it's the set city. So there's those things to be considered. Where's the location? And even down as how old is the office? Does it look tatty? Because you can attract people to work in the offices, then you know you need to make sure the place is right. Other things to consider, other benefits. So these are like free stuff, which maybe we don't talk about as much. Discounts. There's lots of discounts that are available usually through businesses. So that can be things off the shopping. It can be simple as uh, an app where they can get stuff. Stuff like free gym memberships. Even in the businesses, do they get free tea and coffee? Are the sandwiches subsidised? I know it sounds crazy, but all those things add up. If you're buying sandwiches every day and it's £4 for a meal deal or three fifty, and you're subsidising it to £2, or 150 there's two or three pound a day people can be saving soon adds up so things like that can make a difference now we're moving on to the other parts of what i think uh, people talk around when it comes to retention is that career progression and that's not just talking promotion we're just talking about what's keeping people interested what are we doing to make sure that we can um you know, give people a career progression, keep people interested, give them an option to move through the business if they want to, but have the conversations with them so we, they know the talent, they know that they've been talked about. And on the reverse, if they're not and they are struggling, then how do they get better? Lots of uh, another point that's come up a lot now is flexibility at work. You know, we're talking uh, post-COVID, there's a lot of people who still like to work from home, maybe one day a week. You know, that idea of the length of the day 
becoming different to the traditional nine till five or, or shift work. People sometimes don't want to do that. So you've got to start to look at how do we flex? How do you make sure that people have got flexibility? Some people, I mean, are not even applying for jobs unless there's a, an element of home working one or two days a week. Things like that makes a big difference when you try to get people in and you could be losing people who do want to take a step back. You know, when you have these conversations with people, do they want to work a four day week? Can you afford that person to work four day but retain that uh, skill? Something to think about. Uh, job security, uh, that's something that comes up a lot. You know, is a place that you're working secure? People start to look when they're a bit worried about the place. Is it going to be here? Is it going to change immensely? Are they going to shut my location down? So again, all those things about job security. Are we making sure we're showing people in our work that the business is there for the long run? That it's not just going to disappear overnight? All those kind of things are definitely worth considering when it comes to keeping people and attracting people, keeping job security. And then we look at other things, ethics of the business. I, I mean, I, I, I work in food, but I wouldn't want to work in the abattoir sections. I do eat meat, so maybe I'm being a bit hypocritical there, but I wouldn't want to work when where the slaughterhouses are because it's not somewhere I would want to be. So those kind of things, are we being ethically right? Are we a good um, environmental or um, modern slavery? Are those kind of things being done right? That can attract people and obviously lose people. So how do we keep people? That's, I suppose, the next point of that. We know the things that are going to drive them away and what can we do to change? Well, I suppose the next step back from that is let's have a look at what people we've got and use a risk assessment base to think who is our risk of flight? Who are the people we are going to lose? And rank, if that person left, how big an impact on our business would it be? And that's something managers should really be doing is getting a list of your teams, going through if so-and-so left, what would it impact and how likely is that person? You might get your surprise ones. Some people are very, very open about discussing these things and others, they may just come in one day and hand the notice in. You didn't see it coming. But good leaders need to have those conversations in your one-to-ones around what is the future of this person? Where are they going? Are they talent? What are they looking at growing? And on the reverse, some people will be looking at retirement. So, you know, how can you manage that retirement phase if people are going to leave? It's best to have all this information as a good manager up front. It's so easy these days to be tempted. LinkedIn, the internet, headhunters are out there looking for talent and they can easily send you know, a whole raft of emails out fishing for someone. And you might not really be looking, but your head could get turned. Especially if one of those other things don't work, if the job security is not there, you don't think there's the flexibility, you don't see a career path, your benefits out there. Then as soon as you get those little messages saying, have you thought of this role? You start to think, oh, maybe it's worth having a conversation. And you weren't really looking, but before you know it, you're having an interview in and you're handing your notice in and leaving. So those are the things that you want to be aware as a leader and a manager. How do I risk assess my team? How do I look if they're going to be going? Who are the risks of flights? And if they are good talent, you want to keep them. And I suppose another way is, you know, an honest way is, do, we have, do you want to keep that person? If they're left, would you want to uh, replace them? So in some ways, those people leaving might be a good thing for your business. So, you know, when you look at both sides, there's a positive and a negative to making sure that you've got a good process and plan in place for keeping and retaining staff.
And it's all around, you know, the legwork you need to put in as a manager to make sure that you know your people, you've spotted the talent, you're working with your HR professionals to make sure you're benchmarking the salaries right and the benefits right. If that all comes together and someone decides to go because a brand new factory is opened up over the road that's paying, you know, 60% more, then you just have to shake that person's hand and go, good luck, hopefully we'll see you in the future because you can't chase everyone. If you've got Amazons, these big companies coming in, big pharmaceutical businesses that are going to be throwing big money at people, you sometimes can't keep up. And it's maybe dreaded that if you do try and keep up, you're just pushing your own profit out the window. So sometimes you're going to have to walk away. Like in any deal, there has to be a walk away for you. Well, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, I'm really keen to hear your thoughts on the show, both good or bad. So please send me your feedback, as it's a gift, to uh, managermatpodcast at gmail.com. I read and answer all the emails myself and would love to engage on new topics or revisit some old ones. And as always, please, whatever you learned today, try to put it into practice, because in this world, words are cheap and actions really do drive business. Well, thanks for listening to Management this week. I hope you have a good one and I'll speak to you soon. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening to this Manager Matt podcast. We hope you found it interesting, helpful and actionable. One last thing, please leave a quick review on iTunes or with your podcast provider as it helps to spread the word of Manager Matt. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the podcast and if you did like anything in particular, send an email to managermattpodcast at gmail.com or visit managermat.co.uk for more content. Feedback is a gift, so let's keep giving. See you next week.